You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. I believe in journalistic integrity, which means that I don't reveal my sources. But prior to recording, prior to Dallas getting here, he had some technical difficulties, something to do with the internet service at his hotel. Someone, and I, I again, I'm protecting sources here. Someone speculated that maybe because you travel with the Oakland A's, maybe you're not at the best hotel and that's why you're having internet issues. That would be uh, pure speculation and completely foolish <laughs> to think about that because there are standards that have to be met regardless of what team you play for. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so knowing Just, that, I, know that I'm always staying at the best hotel possible. <laughs> yeah. Whatever forces that hand, I don't, I don't care. I know that I've got a yeah. great room. I'm at a great spot every time we hit the mm-hmm. road. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I, I don't I'm not often tempted to fly Spirit Airlines, but there was a couple of years back where I was like, if I fly Spirit, I get a good chance to run into Matt Olson or Matt Chapman or something. That would be incredible. <laughs> that's that's not true. Guys, it'd be so. No, nope. cool. yeah, we tap in. We tap into Southwest for the regional departures. It just makes <laughs> okay. the most sense. It yeah. makes the most sense. Right. You could rebook mm-hmm. if things get if things get backed up. It's just it makes yeah. it makes sense. So it I does make sense. You know what doesn't make sense? The fact that the Oakland A's are actually a pretty scrappy team this year. You know, Jay hey, don't. And, and his his Cleveland Guardians just went head to head with the Oakland A's. I feel like we, like you know we didn't even hype that up that you guys went head to head there. Oh no, nobody hyped it up. Look, I mean, you lost the bet to me and the Buckos, so Jay Hay naturally was afraid. Once he already saw that there was skin on the wall, there was skin in the game. He's like, ah, I don't know that I want any part of DB right now because he's feeling pretty hot. He's he's liking himself. He's liking both clubs. And I'll say this about the Cleveland Guardians. What a, what a miss series. by the podcast that we didn't like. We were going head to head at the same time. And yeah, and you guys, like- yeah, that's your miss. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it because the Boston yeah. Red Sox got absolutely fucking drug, got fucking mm. doormatted by the Buckos. And Jay, he had a chance. He had a chance to throw some jabs. He had it, but it just uh, look, that was about as tightly of a contested series with multiple games looking different as I think I've seen in a while. And sure, it's early, but if the Guardians are a postseason bound team, and for all intent and purpose, what we saw early in this series shows you that that's a very, very realistic possibility. The Oakland Athletics played very, very good baseball against a very, very good pitching team, a very good hitting team, a team that feels the baseball team that runs the base as well. The Cleveland Guardians, I don't want to call them a complete and total team because they need some help, but they're a pretty good ball team. And the A's stood toe to toe. Okay. I, I've spent my whole life punching up, not punching down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's because you're 5'7". Yeah. That's I, I think I'm the tallest person on this podcast, although I've never met Joey. 
in person. So <laughs> how tall are you on that one? Six three Five, and a half. Seven. Six three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second boss. Uh I got I have a question for the panel. I have a question for you guys that I'd love for you to answer. Yes, there's absolutely no reason the green and gold can't go on a wild card run. Is it time (laughs) to panic if you are the Mets? Because it's not good right now. I mean, Mitchell, it's not good right now. Forget about it. It's not good. Garrett Mitchell. It's not good. He wins it for the Brewers. It's not good right now. It's not good, man. So I, I just... I don't know. I, I was kind of watching my my Milwaukee Brewers, and um, as I always do, and uh, it just I don't know. It didn't really seem it didn't seem all that difficult to dismiss the New York Mets in the first week of the season. No, and the answer to your question: If you're a real Mets fan, it's too late to panic because <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> these guys have been panicking since March 15th or whenever Edwin Diaz hurt his ankle. It's been season's over so if you're a real Mets fan you're having a lot of fun right now because the season is over and wow. they're convinced of it, it wow. yeah they've got to, I've got to believe that Mets fans have never been happier <laughs> oh Mets fans have never been happier they have never been allowed to be the shitbag fans that some of them are as soon as they've been allowed to be those fans this season like it's yeah. never been quicker you've never been able to feel like you were going to the promised land and then ready to shit on your team <laughs> in a quicker turnaround than this season. So I want to congratulate a lot of the Mets fans out there who are right where they want to be. They're in a position to completely and totally hate everything about the baseball season one week into it. And it's not often that you're afforded this opportunity as an entire fan base. And it's not every fan of the Mets that feels this way. It's just a large portion of the vocal uh, vocal idiots that are that are out there on the Internet spaces. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I really, truly am happy for. They deserve this. They needed this. This is their personality, and I'm glad that they've had. I, I'm glad that they have. It's a great take. Uh, another glass half full uh, interpretation. If you subscribe to the theory of getting runs out of the way, um, they could have something there because they've been outscored 26 to six over the last three games. So, like, you just get the run scored out of the way, you move on, and then they don't come back later in the season. I think that's how that works. <laughs> It's, it's too early to panic. I know that I, I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother trying to reason or try to get any logical sense into the brains of Mets fans. It's not worth it. Uh, but it is too early to panic. It but, is, but no, it is interesting it? that they, they lose on a, on a walk-off homer, though, after, you know, like so, I'm out here being like, you know, losing Edward Diaz, that it doesn't sink <laughs> a good team. And <laughs> Oh, no, it absolutely was prepared to sink this team. There's no question. And it, it, see, it, <laughs> it so, did not lose three straight last season until late June, June wow. 26th to 29th. Yeah. Or they didn't lose a series until I think around then. It might be the same time. It just it yeah. feels like like in this small, like in a 72 to 96 hour stretch. It's like, all right. And Verlander was done before, you know, before it started <clears throat> or it was down before it started. Excuse me. Um, so you love saying that now you you're addicted well, to telling teams and players that they're done when they're not. Well, <laughs> Grim Reaper so Dallas Verlander down early Scherzer 
people are like, oh, is he, why doesn't he just turn around and throw them all over the fence? He's giving up homers, but like you can't cut the guy a fucking break. And then you're losing games on walk off. So it's like everything that was supposed to be going great for them, maybe even on the mound, is like, wow, Verlander's fucking, he's hurt. Scherzer's giving up fucking tanks. We can't close the fucking ball game. What do you mean we're going to be good? What do you mean we've got hope? Everything we had hope about is up in fucking flames. Verlander's fucking injured. It just that's all that it's all you it's all you're hearing stuff it's funny it's to hearing. to compare the Mets to the Braves because last year the Braves were like this bad for like two months and nobody said shit like nobody even like brought it up I guess they came, they obviously came off a World Series win yeah but no one even really cared even Braves fans were like whatever like because we're, well, we're still wondering how Anthopolis has signed up three generations <laughs> of each player for the next fucking 47 years but like it, it's just incredible to think that that's what's been going on but you're right joey how does a team struggle the way they did no noise about that so i almost think it's a fun exercise to to ride along with the mets and and pinpoint their points of misery like well like what, what are they so let's quit telling them to to chill out let's just embrace their frustration like <laughs> yeah, yeah this is right <laughs> That's always my point when I talk shit about the Mets and Mets fans like come after me. I'm like, you guys love this. Like, you, there's no fan base who loves being bad more than the Mets. It's no. like a thing, and it's a meme, and it's like been like this forever. But it's so true. They're miserable people. Like, they love it. They love being mad at their team. It's fun for them. <laughs> it's yeah. fun for them. It is. It's fun. Could you imagine like if the Mets just had a you know, uneventful, smooth ride to like 97 wins, what that would do to the fan base. Like they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. I, what the fuck? We haven't had injuries. We, we're okay with our manager. These son of a bitches are winning big series, especially late in the season. Who the fuck do they think they are? I had a Mets fan text me yesterday and ask if there was historical precedent for a pitcher as good as Scherzer completely falling off the map. From one season to the next, like that's already baked into their like. He's I, I don't want you know. I keep telling myself uh, he was great last year, but like you know, he was like, has this ever happened before? Has a guy just totally lost it? Has a guy ever given up multiple homers in a game? What the fuck is going on? Has a guy ever given up multiple home runs in a game before? Uh, oh, well, you gotta just think about it. Like you're the Met, you're a Mets fan. You're probably from New York, and it's like you have the Yankees in New York. And we all, historically, the Yankees just shit on the Mets. They're just so much better. But you pick the, choose the Mets as your team. So, like, psychologically, you're already there. Like, you like being the bad team. I don't know that you have to pick the Mets. Or, or that you grow up, maybe your parents are Mets fans. Well, then or- the parents are the ones who picked them. And, like, it's generations, you know, yeah. negative people who love being, like, oh, we stink. Yep. Yeah, masochist. Woe is me. Yeah. Oh, look at me. Oh, great. You're having a great time. Your life is fun. I'm a Mets fan. Let me tell you how fucking miserable my life is. All right. I've been with this team since fucking 84. We had one good fucking year. In the- Just stop. I think there's something to be said for the fact that, like, although what you guys are saying isn't untrue, like the great Mets teams still have a hold over that city, it seems to me, uh, in oh, a way God. that is at least equal to, if not greater than, individual Yankees teams. Like, I was I was talking with a guy who basically ran point on um, the 86 Mets documentary that came out last year, which I don't know if anybody watched it. It was phenomenal. 
Um, I would highly recommend checking that out if you haven't. But um, like I, I, I think that team still owns a portion of the city's heart in a way that I, I'm not sure any Yankees team does. I, uh, I would at least I would the agree with that. Era. Yeah, I would agree with that, Jay. I've seen so many guys, um, like like in New York, the way that they talk to talk to Ron, the way Ron Darling, the way that they talked to and about Keith. I mean, just all of those guys are so revered. And 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 again, as much shit as we're giving Mets fans, I love Mets fans for that reason. The way that they're like, I don't take all your rings, Yankees. Take all of them. Fuck you and fuck them rings. We love our boys. We love the 86ers. We, you know what I mean? Like those are, I, and I fully appreciate that shit. I love that passion. Love it. I don't want to talk about 86. Oh, that's. It's unfortunate. If you're not over that emotionally, I've got nothing for you. You were, what what were you, negative years old? I was negative three, but (laughs) uh, there's a, there's a, there's a place in my heart that believes that if the Red Sox had won in 86, that uh, we probably never would have had Clemens, like Clemens would have never left. Yeah, but you don't get over four. You don't get yeah, fever you might not, pitch. You don't get 04. You don't get 07. I mean, you just there's there's things that probably change here. There's the not every delayed effect. payoff is worth it, but I would have to think that 2004 was worth the payoff. 2004 Fuck. was great, but he almost came back in 07. People forget that Roger Clemens was down to choosing between the Red Sox and the Yankees in 2007, and then he chose the Yankees, and obviously that was the wrong choice. He could have. Imagine Roger Clemens' career ending with a World Series title in Boston. Yeah, he'd own the team right now. That's what I'm saying. Like he he had that he could have made that choice. Him being added or subtracted does not change the course of history. Like the Red Sox absolutely yeah. steamrolled their way to a title. Okay, let me let me ask you this: If Roger Clemens is still hanging around the Red Sox as like you know a David Ortiz type of figure in the modern day right now, is there yeah. room for two Rockets? Ooh, I think that there needs to be a conversation between us where he passes the torch to me. Okay, you don't think that's like unofficially happened yet in terms of Red Sox nation? The fans, yes, but it's still like it's kind of like generational, maybe. No, it's kind of like, you know, you're in love with your future wife, but you still need the father's permission. Like the fans can call me Rocket all they want, but I still need Clemens to pass the torch. Officially bless. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I know that you guys don't listen to the name redacted podcast, but we had David Ortiz on <clears throat> after opening day, uh, and he anointed me an honorary Dominican. So if he says that, then there's really nothing that you guys can say to take that away. Well, it's weird he had to do that because you're from there. It seems weird that he had to say Yeah, it. I wasn't pursuing yeah, taking that away. Yeah. yeah, seems weird that you needed that confirmation. But that's <laughs> nope. No, no, Dallas hey, not at all. look, if, if you if you're looking, if you're looking for. Hey, uh, look, I'm, I'm not I, I don't want to go any farther than if you mm-hmm. would like Poppy to be the one that uh, hey, that you go for that. You go for that. I am. You, I, I don't. I'm busy. I can't come to dinner with you and Poppy in the okay. DR. I, we'll see you there. Sagas <laughs> Domingo. Baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. 
for all the season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit it out of the park with DraftKings same game parlays. Combine multiple bets in a single game for a shot at an even bigger payout. <clears throat> um, it's been a mixed bag if you're betting on the A's. That's not like a guaranteed win if you're betting against whoever the A's are playing. And by the way, the, the A's are playing the Mets next weekend. So that'll be interesting. After all the shit that Dallas just talked about, the Mets and their fans. Uh, join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Yeah, Mets fans are going to fucking hate you, dude. Is that in... Are you coming to New York? Uh, no, Mets fans are not going to hate me. And uh, oh. the Mets are, coming, Mets are coming to Oakland. Okay. Yeah, they're probably going to hate you. No, I mean, you're the one who's been flaming Mets fans. Not at all. I, haven't, I didn't really join in on that conversation whatsoever. I was... I was captivated by it, but yeah, I, I shared my love for the <clears throat> fan base that supports their team from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Sure. Sure. Um, speaking of uh, appreciation or not being appreciated, Tyler O'Neill was benched yesterday and Joey's <laughs> prediction of Oliver Marmel getting fired in favor of Bob Guerin seems to be picking up steam. <laughs> Because there is a dissension in the ranks. We discussed it on yesterday's podcast again. If you're just tuning in for the first time this week, perhaps. We're at three podcasts a week during the season. We're Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oliver Marmel, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, benched Tyler O'Neill on Wednesday for not hustling on a play at the plate. It was a 4-1 ball game against the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. throws out Tyler O'Neill at home plate. Uh, you can see it's because the camera doesn't always stay on O'Neill as the runner. There's like a maybe a half a second where you can see that maybe O'Neill turns on the jets once he sees that the throw is coming in and it's not getting cut off. And he's he's thrown out by quite a bit. So I don't know that it makes all the difference in the world if he's busting it the entire time. But Mr. Marmel believed that it did make a difference. And I'm paraphrasing because we read the quotes yesterday. He was more or less saying, that's not how we do things around here. That's not the cardinal way. So he gets benched. And all of this is playing out on a public stage. All of this is playing out through the media. O'Neill is telling the media how he feels about Marmol's decision. Marmol's telling the media how he feels about uh, O'Neill's hustle or lack thereof. And this was the clip that uh, we did not get to play yesterday because at the time, uh, I don't think the media scrum had uh, had posted their their um, their video content yet. But this is this is Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals reacting to his manager benching him for a lack of hustle. I'm just going to continue to get my work in, get my reads in, um, make sure I'm getting the right jump off the bat and, and cutting the corners as good as I can. Um, you know, giving it my best effort every time. Um, you know, I came up, I got up through the minor leagues and into the big leagues playing hard and playing scrappy. And, you know, that's who I am. That's my character. Um, and I don't, I don't ever want anyone to take that away from me. Um, you know, these conversations definitely could have been had in-house and, and not gotten out on the loose like they have. Um, should have been handled a little differently, in my opinion. But, you know, who's to say? 
Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Could have been handled a little bit differently, but who's to say? And as he says, who's to say? He gives a little little side eye. So uh, I I don't know. I happen. I think most people have agreed with Tyler O'Neill here. Maybe maybe you agree with the benching or not. But if you're a Cardinal fan, I would imagine you prefer this to have not played out so publicly. I think it creates an awkward environment now where no one wants to see a grown man get punished and have uh, the public humiliation of, you know, there's a difference between he's not in the lineup today and he's benched. He is he would have been in the lineup today if he if he had just hustled. So the St. Louis Cardinals have started off their season two and four. They've lost three straight games in last place in the National League Central. So it'd be different if you're dealing with an Atlanta Braves situation because they've done this to Ronald Acuna Jr. before. Like Ronnie's gotten benched for a lack of hustle or whatever, showboating. The Atlanta Braves are five and one. I don't think he did get benched ever. I think he that did. I rem- I don't remember that. I, there was like there Freddie was the Freeman called him out. Yes, yeah. and Freddie Freeman. He was. He, he didn't get benched though. I don't think. I'm gonna fact check that because I think he did. No, Jared's right. <clears throat> Thank you. August eighteenth, uh, two thousand nineteen. Ronald Cooney Jr. benched versus Dodgers for failing to hustle. That's all right. I'll just be the the Braves guy on this podcast. <laughs> um, Sorry, guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> twenty nine. It's like ten years ago, bro. Who okay. remembers that Hold shit? Then? I do. Aspergers. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. It, I, again, it's 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 definitely too early to be looking at the standings, to be looking at records and and batting average OPS, and trying to forecast that out. This is probably one of the lone scenarios in a during a baseball season where something could happen early, and you can kind of forecast that out like that. Bad vibes don't tend to take a left. They kind of just keep. Well, it's it's got to be, but it can be it can be rerouted. It can be rerouted, but it's got to happen quickly. It has to happen quickly. It cannot linger. You can't let multiple days go by where things still stay the way they are right now. We need to come together, and we can start with the idea of fans who believe that this conversation has been had before, and who believe that. This has already been tried behind closed doors. That wasn't successful. This is why we're seeing it play out publicly now. All I'm saying is if Tyler O'Neill is saying to the camera, I wish this would have played out differently. I wish this would have been kept internal. I think these conversations could have happened behind closed doors. Then that leads me to believe that the messaging might not have been as strong or wasn't as clear coming from Marmol and or the front office or whoever else and being delivered to Tyler O'Neill. So there might have been somebody feeling a certain way about that, but it wasn't communicated clearly enough, apparently, to Tyler O'Neill for him to feel like it was anything of magnitude. And now here we are. So I find it, so, I, I find it, I find it curious that a player would say, all of those things about wanting it to be handled internally and then people believing that the conversations have already happened internally. Well, why would the player say that? Would he do like, yeah. cause you have to know that if you're saying that you're essentially calling your manager a liar. If he's telling people that we've been trying to handle this behind closed doors, we've been trying to do this internally. So that's, that's another like layer to this, which is why 
You got to bring them and go, look, man, all this shit aside, where are we at? and What are we doing? This is how I look at it. Blah, blah, blah. Like I said, like I said, when this happened, did he pull him aside? Did he have the conversation in the video room pinpointing the examples he was talking about? That's how you do this. That's how you do this. And it never gets out. Never. And I'm hearing people, oh, well, you know, Tony LaRusso called out people publicly. Mike Matheny called out public uh, people publicly. Uh, that's That doesn't make it okay, number one. Number two, if that's not your style and you don't have the dirt under your spikes that those guys do, you have to figure out how to communicate with your team, not just take a take a line from somebody else's playbook and think that's going to work for you. Obviously, there's a, a, a ton of candidates to pick from, a lot of examples to pick from. Can you name one time specifically that Bob Guerin did something that you thought he should have handled differently? Um, no, like like as far as outwardly facing, publicly facing any sort of public messaging. Um, no, mm. no, there was never. Why are you protecting no, I mean, him? Oh, I'm I'm not. I would tell you. I mean, the the one the one issue that I ever had with Garen, I, I think I've told the story. We were brought in we were going into Anaheim and the starting staff has been brought in and told that we know we need to go deeper into ball games because we're we're wearing out the bullpen. Like we got to figure out a way to, to flip the lineup and blah blah blah. Great. So I take the ball. I'm starting that night, seven innings. I think I got fucking 80-something pitches or whatever. And he starts walking down the dugout to call to, you know, to come shake my hand. And so I fucking just I keep walking the other way. I'm avoiding him. And so he, he <laughs> fucking chases me all the way down to the very end of the dugout. And he sticks his hand out and he goes, Hey, that's that's enough. That's good. And I said, That's not even close to enough. You see how many pitches I got? I'm I'm going back out there. He said, No, that's it. Said, Do you remember the conversation we had earlier today? I'm going back out there. And he kept his hand out. And so I shook his hand because I'm not, you know, what, what am I going to do? So I shook his hand and he turned around and walked off and I turned and very loudly yelled, you got to be fist fucking me. <laughs> and the camera that is already grilled on me, just trained on me, takes that shot of me saying that goes slow-mo and that's what they roll to break. <laughs> and oh yeah and the fucking gm had me come up into the fucking clubhouse before the game was over hey why don't you come sit down here come talk to the principal yeah because what i just saw on camera cannot happen and so that was 100 percent my issue bob garen didn't do anything publicly for anybody to pick up on or to know about so so no no, that was 100% me being pissed off about the fucking meeting we had four hours before that. And now here I am in the seventh inning after being told we need to go deeper into games, being pulled at 87 pitches. Yeah. Sounds like just the guy they need in fucking St. Louis, man. <laughs> Doesn't call out players, mm -hmm. but also the stern. He he tells his starters, hey, you need to go deeper, and then they give him seven innings. Need a lot of that in baseball right now. We're missing a lot of that. Uh, on today's podcast, we're also going to have the debut of the uh, the Baines meter, where Jay 
uh, tells us about just uh, active players that are approaching or have surpassed the wins above replacement of Hall of Famer. I am I am muting this segment. I cannot <laughs> listen to Jay Hay just absolutely crucify one of the game's greats. That's fine. Turn off your camera too. So when they clip this for the social segment that goes viral, your ugly mugs not yeah. dirtying it up. Tell tell me how it goes. <laughs> it's gonna be a great segment. It's gonna be a great segment. I'm ready for it. Uh Anyways, uh, some last closing thoughts here on the Tyler O'Neill situation. Um, I, I hope it doesn't linger. The St. Louis Cardinals are a, a special organization, prideful organization. I've been there. It sucks when you have immediately, like the Bobby Valentine year, when you're rooting for a team that coming off of 2011, it was like greatest Red Sox team ever. And then you follow that up with an absolute disaster of a season. It all starts with the manager just lobbing unnecessary bombs and pissing off players that you like. And it's it, it just it can. It lingers for an entire year. Like you absolutely have to just kill it with fire, start over completely new the next year and hope that it's got different vibes. Like I, I don't want that I, for the cards. I'll never the Bobby Valentine. I'll never forget some of the old ESPN crews saying that they went over to the the Red Sox camp, I think it was in spring training, and Bobby walks over. Obviously, a former ESPN employee, multi time, I believe, um, walks over to the group and pulls one or two guys aside and says, "Have you ever felt like you've made the biggest mistake of your life?" <laughs> <laughs> before the season, before the actual season started. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, so he smelled it. He smelled what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> just knew it before they even rolled the balls out. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, that was a very toxic year. That 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 season changed my brain chemistry. <laughs> I was still young and impressionable enough to where that season it did something to me from a brain chemistry perspective that I don't think I've ever been able to reverse ever since. <sighs> Anyways, some beers are brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. And just in time for opening day, Blue Moon is teaming up with another ballpark brand and launching a throwback merch collection with Ebbets Field flannels. I would like some Ebbets Field flannels. Maybe we can hook that up. Uh, I'm going to be uh, drinking some Blue Moons this weekend. Red Sox are off on Friday, which is weird. Having an off day on a Friday, I've never even heard of that before. I think you guys are off too, right, Dallas? You guys are off on Friday? Uh, we're off today. Okay. Off day on a Friday is super weird, but that, all that means is that it's more time to drink some Blue Moons. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon, Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia to get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer where you can get something that's uh, one-of-a-kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for the spring weather. Best served with the signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. Uh, A beer this good. Only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. 
Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Get uh, shop.bluemoonbeer. No, shop.bluemoon.com for throwback baseball merch with Ebbets Field flannels or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden Colorado Ale. Um, Joseph. Do we have do we have a cutting room floor this week? Um yeah, we could I'm prepared, dude. I got right. plenty. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, 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 well, as Joey starts to dig, did you guys see this real quick? The uh you know, Fernando <laughs> T- Fernando Tatis Jr. uh hit a home run yesterday. Yeah, but uh so what happened? Well, somebody tweeted uh, actually, not somebody. An individual named Darnay Trip at Darnay Trip tweeted: "Cade McClure will be telling people for years about the time he gave up an absolute nuke to Fernando Tatis Jr." And underneath it is the video of Tatis Jr. hitting the homer and rounding the bases against Cade McClure. Cade McClure took to Twitter after the game and tweeted, "Uh, you know, the two stars." And then said, "Cheater hits a home run on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension." So basically, like you know, the asterisks, like here I fixed it for you. This is the real title. Mm. So, Cade, uh, Cade had a little, uh, Cade had a little response to the idea of Fernando Tatis Jr. making his way back, hitting bombs, and the tweet from Darnay Trip. Honestly. I'm on Tatis' side. <clears throat> That's not odd. If, why? <laughs> Supporting my fellow Dominican brother? That, that's exactly where I was going with that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Tatis' side here. First of all, I don't well, think... Well, there's no was, side. Like, he's not a... He didn't do anything. Fuck. He, uh, well, aside from, you know, the steroids and all that. Uh, but, yeah, like, but he, he did nothing here. That's my point. That's my point is he did. He, I don't think he was taking steroids to hit home runs and get better at that. I think it was a mis- it was an honest mistake. It was a lapse in judgment and he got punished for it. And if you do your time, then fuck off. Like, stop. Stop uh, casting stones. I don't think that's fair. Uh, well, it is fair like to cast the stones if you have that, that opinion. Nothing like if, if you're no, one of no, those no. guys that, that still hates the Astros because none of them actually got punished. Like, that's fair. They didn't do the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, my, my whole point was like <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. is catching a stray here. Like he didn't do all he did was play baseball. He just performed. Mm-hmm. And somebody yeah. sent a tweet out about the nuke that he hit. And then the guy who gave up the nuke took exception to that. Damn, man. Did you not see the That's... video of Tatis signing autographs for kids at the game? <laughs> for kids, dude. It's for kids. <clears throat> I don't know, but what do you guys think? Because I remember when this happened, we had this conversation and we're like, well, people ever like forgive Tatis type thing. I think that 90% of people just totally kind of not forgot, but like they'll be reminded when he comes back. I think they forgot for now. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Like, like, honestly, what a great what a great scenario for him to roll back into where you've had some serious acquisitions occur you've got the star power there now that where the the light isn't solely on you there's some some other guys that we can have 
in you know these conversations about where if things go wrong, it's not just because of you, Fernando. And if things are going well, it's not just because of you, Fernando. So when you're trying to work your way back into the good graces of a clubhouse or a fan base, not to say that that's still happening, but to an extent it is, when you're not that dude, it helps a little bit. I mean, he's still, the star power is still very real, still there. But it's just, it's a, it's a softer landing for him right now. It's also helps that he's learning a new position. He has more time in the minors to like, you know, get used to it out there. I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing outfield, right? Mm -hmm. I believe so. The team has like 12 (laughs) shortstops. So I'm not really inclined to take a side on this one, but I I pulled up McClure's baseball reference page uh, and I'm I'm not sure why, but I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this is a guy who has six minor league seasons. He's made 110 appearances in the minor leagues. And like, I'm not sure I would take to Twitter and call out Fernando Tatis in the way that he did, but I'm sure there's some level of frustration that he gives up a bomb that's going to impact his numbers in yep. a situation where he's really trying to like scratch and claw to make it to the major leagues. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, this is going to be his third straight season getting some level of experience at AAA, it looks like. And, you know, He's in his age 27 campaign. It's kind of like make or break time in a lot of ways, I would imagine, for him. And I, I get the frustration, I guess. That's always where it comes from, Jay Hay. Always. And like, I understand, you know, Jared wants to be boys with Fernando Tatis and, and I, I get the support I thing. I, I <laughs> First just, of all, uh, I don't want to be. The, I am. <laughs> the, the, uh, the player always thinks about shit like that. Always. Always. Like, here's Fernando. I don't know how much younger he is than Cade McClure, but Cade McClure is like you said. Right. right. I said, McClure I don't know how much. 27. And how old's Fernando? 25. Fernando's 24. 24. So Cade McClure is looking at a dude who's three years younger than him, half a billion dollars richer than him, and uh, is like, well, I don't need this guy fucking you know, riding me out of the yard, especially if he's got these cheating clouds over him. Like what the fuck? So it's, it is, that's, that's his, that's where he's coming from, which he has a point. And that's where (laughs) boys, we them boys. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, A guy is so funny. To show two two Dominican kings <laughs> just dapping it up, boys. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, all you steroid experts out there, who looks like more jacked and more muscle mass? That's true. I do kind of dwarf him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jared's and not a steroid user. <laughs> no, we know Jared's clean. No, I'm no, clean. no, no. No, we know that I'm clean. Well, at least we know for sure that's that Tatis is probably not on steroids any longer. Mm-hmm. If he was, which I think there's probably about a 50-50 chance, maybe 60-40. He was there's just a taking lot a little uh, freaking cream. There's a lot of nuance there, Joe. A lot of nuance. There's a, there's a lot of nuance. <laughs> and we'll never know. And we'll never know the truth. So I don't blame people for thinking he's a cheater, whatever, loser, but not cheater. there's a lot of evidence out there, mm-hmm. plausible deniability yep. that the guy had a fucking skin rash and took some dumb shit because someone told him to, 
And he just never like thought to like ask. Maybe I shouldn't take Klaus the ball. Dumb mistake. Is he fucking Barry Bonds on uh, D ball? Big difference. Whoa. Whoa. We Big don't know the difference. Barry did that. We don't know that Barry did that. Yeah, that's another good we point. We don't substance really... shame. We don't substance <laughs> shame. Yeah. Speaking of which, Tatis will be coming back on 420. Two weeks. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. In the air, right field. Towards the yeah. corner. In the air. Welcome to in the air is right. It's going to be in the air on 420. Holla. Wow. Damn. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask Fernando what the deal is. And um, <laughs> yeah, get back we to talk. us. We talk. Get back pretty often. We talk pretty often. But yeah, Cade, I, I feel bad for Cade here. You know, you're, it's, it's a situation where uh, you know, you're probably frustrated with being 27 and having a five and a half ERA in AAA. That sucks. That's not fun. But yeah. at least you can tell your kids one day that you got. <laughs> it's ama- it's amazing how by, far Jared has gotten away him. from uh, from being able to relate to the uh, to the blue collar everyman. <laughs> it's incredible to watch the evolution. <laughs> Come on, uh, man! The minor leaguers aren't blue collar anymore. Now they're now they're rich and freaking yeah. They just uh, doubled their pay, dude. dude. Yeah, yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Free housing. Rich. I never yep. had free housing. I still don't. <laughs> That's a complete and total fucking lie. <laughs> do I don't have free housing coming from the guy who has his mother washing <laughs> his clothes. You're you're 32 years of age. Your mother is still rinsing out the shit stains from your underwear. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not true. That's a final question, bro. No, it's, it's a fact. No, it's There's no question. There's no question there. No. Pure no. statement, factual statement. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> These minor leaguers don't know what it's like to struggle. <laughs> they don't know what it's like. They're not. They're not built like Dallas was, man. Yeah. When he was coming up. Yeah. No, I don't your, know what it's like to get taken in the 68th round and have to <laughs> have to play that's right. in a league below single A. That's right. These <laughs> aren't your fucking this ain't your granddad's minor leagues, bud. Yeah. Dallas played a negative A and they were just like duking. Uh, I was I was walking speak. I was walking to the ballpark in fucking five feet of snow uphill both ways. No lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try playing in that. They didn't use huh? gloves in that league. Try playing in that. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? The brown paper bag league. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. 
Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Zin, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Well, I do have a cutting room floor segment piece that will tie into a nice little segment topic of discussion that we got. Because I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, Shohei Otani, mm. great start, mm. struggled at first, Shohei but Ohani. exactly got through a fucking great, great outing, gave up one run Grinded. through six innings. Yeah, through 111 pitches. And a lot of people were like, whoa. And I thought this too, like, whoa, 111 pitches, second start of the season. This guy's, you know, how much are we going to ask this guy to do? It's a lot. Let's be careful with Shohei. But then I remember he's from Japan. And you don't even realize how fucking crazy these kids have it in Japan and what Shohei probably grew up doing. Because in my WBC video, looking into like the youth baseball in Japan, um, and just the amount of pitches they throw. There is this kid, because you guys, uh, the Koshin tournament, like the, yes, the Japanese yes. high school freaking World Series. It's crazy, mm-hmm. like crazy event. This 17-year-old in 2018 threw 881 pitches in, in two like weeks. Days. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks, bro. And this is like normal. I have another quote. Uh, They're off the mound four days a week, Joe. Yeah. Uh, what's I can't find it right now, but I forgot who it was. Dice K. Dice K said he threw 200 pitches every day just in practice for like weeks in a row. Just 200 pitches a day. Joe, just they used to come out. That. They come out. So I pitched when, when I when I faced Dice K, I scored it off against Dice K in Boston. And <clears throat> it's 102 degrees out there. The humidity is banging through the roof. I had a 104 degree fucking temperature. Like I was dying. All right. And I had to go outside that afternoon just to try to play catch to see if I could physically move around. Right. Like, can I, can I do this? Can I fucking physically be here? And so I'm out there warming up, stretching, playing catch and shit. And Dice K's already out there playing fucking long toss. The guy's pitching that night. And he's out there throwing at like fucking two thirty in the afternoon. What the fuck is going on? But these dudes, they, I mean, they pitch every six days and the workload, uh, you can't even wrap your head around it as an American going over there for the first time. And they're telling you, so during BP, you're just going to run. All right. Like what for the first group or no, like the whole thing. And we take BP for a couple hours. So you just run during that whole time. Sound good. And then when you're done, you know, work out, we're going to play catch, we're going to throw, get off the mound, and you do that every fucking day. It's a every whole day. different and they're throwing thing. for time limits. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean by like that? Like you're throwing a bullpen for 20 minutes, or you're throwing a bullpen for a half hour. You're not going to throw 100 pitches or 50 pitches. You might throw 170. Who fucking knows? It's insane. They don't care. And, insane. and I don't think there's any like statistics or anything that will show you that Japanese pitchers get hurt more than American pitchers. And there's nope, always this debate or like, are you throwing too much? Or are you not throwing enough? And I think uh, at least the consensus that I, I've heard is like, it depends what you're used to. Like if you're throwing 200 pitchers a day, like if you're used to that, like you can't throw 120 in a game and not have a higher injury risk just because you're throwing a fuck ton more pitches. A guy who's like kind of like easing into it. If he throws 120 because he's only used to throwing 80, like that's going to be a problem. 
Well, it's all it's all know. about how the workload. What does the workload look like? That's what we pay attention to during the innings, right? If you throw 100 pitches and I throw 100 pitches, but you do so over eight innings of work and I do so over five innings of work, my outing was far, far more stressful, far more laborious, even though we threw the same amount of pitches. I had to throw more in a condensed amount of time, and that taxes the body, and that eliminates the ability to recover as quickly from a guy who didn't have that stress load. You, so eight innings. Knowing that, uh, and I don't know if you saw Shohei's outing yesterday, but he only pitched six innings, and he was mm-hmm. like in a lot of trouble, walked like a ton of guys early. High stress, like, so does a that, lot. Yeah, does that worry you, 111 pitches in April? No, no, because um, th- that is, like, that's got to happen, right? Like, you, that's part of the buildup coming out of spring training is, all right, 45 pitches the first time out, that's going to get us two innings. And then we'll bump it up three or four, depending on the ups and downs. By the time we break camp, we'd like to have you at 85-plus pitches, ready to make that first start of the season to where you can hit that century mark. You can hit that 100-pitch mark, and we're comfortable with that. From there, we can start to play with extending you in some outings and reeling you in in some outings. Say things are going well, you've got a good lead, he's given you six solid innings, and he's at 79 pitches or whatever. Hey, you'd love to get in deeper, but if you've got a good lead, you've got some guys down there in the bullpen that could use some work, and you have the ability to get Shohei off his legs and rest him just a bit, rest the arm, you do it. But that's all part of paying attention to the workload week in, week out, and the work being put in in between those starts. You have to be on top of it. Again, why Shohei presents a a bit of a challenge to teams who might be interested in his services because it's not just rolling out an arm every fifth day and we'll check back in four days from now. No, 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 no. That's not who this dude is. That's part of what bothered me about like what you guys are talking about right here is basically what we don't know, right? Um, and to me, like that's what was so bothersome about Manfred's comments about analytics being a race to nowhere because and to think that analytics is just like, you know, batted balls and war and things like that is 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 both silly and totally incorrect because it's also sports science. It's also keeping people healthy and that sort of thing. And there is so much ground still to be covered in terms oh. of player health. And like we know, I think I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say that we don't know that much more about why certain pitchers stay healthy and why others don't than we did 15, 20 years ago at the beginning of the quote unquote analytics revolution or whatever. So like, I don't want to go back to the Manfred thing, but that's, that's what that made me think of is that like, we still have so much territory to cover uh, on the topic that you guys are talking about. We are literally, we're dinosaurs who get hit with an asteroid every five years when it comes to injury prevention, injury causation, everything we know and everything we learn and we dive into seems to get turned on its head and we fucking start from scratch. You know, like Joey said, do we want to throw 200 pitches a day or should we throw 50 every two days and see how that works? And, and it's, you know, we're, we're just, we're constantly feeling this out. And Shohei's like the perfect example of that because when he came up in the major leagues and they were resting him before start, not playing, resting him after start. Not yet, not and the guy was, was injured every year, like his first three seasons, like bad. And the second they just said, fuck it, like you're pitching whenever you want to pitch, you can pitch whenever you want to hit, you can hit. He hasn't got injured like once, not even It'll once, be maybe athlete. a blister. Be an athlete. And with the with a workload that's like never been seen in baseball ever, 
And Never. it's just, it's helping him stay healthy by doing more every day. Body at work stays at work. A body at rest stays at rest. Yeah. I prefer to rest. <laughs> Lazy bitch. Yo, by the, by the way, a uh, little nug to cap off cutting room floor. I mean, if it, it maybe Joey's got more, but uh, over his last nine starts, Otani's got a 0.95 ERA. Batters have hit 147 with a 412 OPS, and they have not hit a home run off of him in nine straight starts. Over that same span as a batter, he's hitting 308 with a 923 OPS and nine homers. It's just like there's no every time he makes an appearance, particularly on the mound, it's just like he's in such a zone right now that it's just like it washes over you anew almost every time. I'm glad cutting. Room, I'm glad the opening cutting room floor was Otani. That's so. That's that's <laughs> appropriate. I think. Apropos. Is it almost time, Jay? Oh God, I'm I'm ready whenever you are, man. I've been ready since I gotta go years ago, February, when it uh, when the news came out that the Baines meter was a thing. I mean, I'm really just a vessel, so I'm ready when you, you know are. what? Yeah. Fucking, I think it's pasty flesh covered vessel. Presenting the first installment of the Baines Meter throughout the 2023 season, we will be honoring 22 year veteran, six time All Star, and one time Silver Slugger Harold Baines by tracking the players on the verge of passing. The Hall of Famer in career wins above replacement. And we had our first, our first person to pass him on the year. And it was no surprise to anyone. Also headed for the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Jason Hayward. Yay. Congratulations to Jason Hayward. With homers in consecutive games, Hayward passes. The Baines line in career war, 38.9 to 38.8. Hayward is now officially tied for 566th all-time in wins above replacement in MLB history. Uh, Quick nugget, though. uh, Hayward passed Baines uh, despite playing almost 5,000 fewer plate appearances and about 1,200 fewer games played. So it's almost as if... Imagine Jason Hayward has another decade of playing in him after this season. That would be like the Harold Baines experience. Congratulations to Jason Hayward. I'm sure we'll have many more to celebrate over the course of this season. Thank you. Uh, What an honor for the Hall of Famer. (laughs) You think you're kind of in your post-glory era? You've been elected to the Hall of Fame by some shadow committee full of your own friends. And then all of a sudden, a few by years later, the, Bain, the Baines meter arrives and your star is born anew like a phoenix rising. Uh, maybe we could are, get are like you, a collaboration. Maybe Harold's interested in doing a little something with the Baines meter. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Oh, you don't think so? Are you, I don't are you, think Jerry Reinsdorf was one of Harold Baines's peers, by the way. It's basically wh- rammed him in through the front doors of the Hall of Fame. Back doors, front doors. You know what I mean? 
Uh, congratulations to Jason Hayward, though. I mean, I think we saw his Hall of Fame trajectory early, and it's good that uh, good that it stayed that way. It is. It is pretty mind blowing. Just well, he does have another chance. He's going to be a compiler. Just just got to wait it out. I mean, for, he's only thirty three, dude. Like, Jason Hayward, exactly right. Harold Baines played yeah. till his age forty two season. Damn. So Dying there you go. Another season. 10 years of Jay. Hey, why, why, why? I mean, who's to say? He, <laughs> who's he to say? Ni- you want to be the one to say. Well, I, I would personally love it if Jason Hayward played another 10 years. I don't have anything against the man. And he would present a pretty compelling Hall of Fame compiler case at that point, too, especially given there where you- the standards are with the Baines meter. <laughs> and the fucking Dodgers just brought him out of the grave. And now he's amazing again. That's right. Don't forget, Harold Baines in his age 33 season posted a 723 OPS. A lot of people said he was toast. I remember it. I was seven years old. I said that Harold Baines that just wrapped up his second season in Oakland might be toast. Uh, Third season in Oakland. I'm sorry. Well, two and a half, really. Um, But then he had another 10 years, literally another 10 seasons. So you never know. Literally another 10. See, you were ready to take him out back. Behind the woodshed, and here it is. Another decade under his belt. He got out of Oakland and bada bing. Whole new career. You wanna know you wanna know you wanna know who's capable of doing things like that, Jay? Hmm. Hall of Famers. Hmm. What oh, capable of doing what? Being around Playing another ten years after somebody oh. thinks they're just completely oh. toast. Showing showing up to the clubhouse because nobody's told you to go home. But <laughs> yeah, that, that you know what? That's Hall of Fame determination. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. And you want to get caught up in the numbers and you want to get yeah, caught I'm up in productivity. Nerd, oh, how many games did he help win? <sighs> like that's some big deal, right? I'm here to talk about consistency. And that's where Harold shows up each and every day. Man the post, Jay Hay. Man the post. What's the best ability? Availability, Jay Hay. No and doubt. he was available at a Hall of Fame level. There is Consistently no did not lead the league in anything. Yep. <laughs> As we've covered before, one item of black ink on his baseball reference page across 22 seasons. Interesting enough, Jay Hay, mm-hmm. Jason Hayward also has one layer of black ink, and that's this year. He leads the league in intentional walks. There with you go. One. With one. I, I've heard that's one of the most important stats. Um, <laughs> two, three, I don't want to take, I don't want to, I know we're wrapping up the Baines meter here. I think it's been a great first installment. Um, I don't want to take any attention away from Jason Hayward, but I do want to tease that we could have a new installment of it as soon as next week. And he currently plays for that franchise that hasn't had a lot go right for it yet. We talked about it earlier. The Mets. Keep an eye out. Wow. Wow. Is it chilly? Is it awfully chilly? I think chilly passed him 15 years ago. No, no. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think Chili Davis. I think I think Chili's already ahead of him. Maybe. <laughs> I think it was a polar bear reference. <laughs> Chili Davis has thirty eight point two. So unfortunately, he's going to fall just shy of the Baines meter. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> wow! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you are a fucking sad human. <laughs> nobody, oh. nobody petty grudges like Jay Hay. 
<laughs> Nobody does it better. Yeah, I mean, this all started like like this all started so many years ago. I I don't even like. Oh, <laughs> was this was this when uh when did they when did they change it from being fifteen years in the ballot to ten? Like when seven it, years ago. Okay. Uh, in time for the twenty fifteen election. Yeah. So yeah, Dallas is almost exactly correct. And when did Baines get in? 2017, 18? Yeah, I think it was 18. Uh, committed, yeah. Eight, yeah, uh, yeah, 18. Hmm. Sorry, 19. I 19 like- veterans, yep. <clears throat> oh, 19? Because vet- when, when did the Veterans Committee... Well, that, this is a good opportunity to say that uh, with the BBWAA, Harold Baines peaked at 6.1% of the vote. Six percent. Well, that's of the vote. Uh, see, writers, Jay, writers. You know, uh-huh. they hold biases sometimes. Yeah. What we needed was Jerry Reinsdorf, who felt badly about trading him. That's the real reason somebody should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> anyway, well, I think it's a hit. I think it's, it's a hit too, and the music really adds to it. No doubt. <laughs> <sighs> Is that any, any, anything else well we got to talk about some series coming up this weekend that is after all what this thursday episode is for is more to to look ahead here but listen there's so much basketball isn't the tournament over yeah there's oh, yeah. so it's much over. basketball to watch right now it is crazy <laughs> and like a ball with a funky spin it can be hard to get a handle on it all now you can stay on top of all the madness with the Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone else you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will still be right there with the assist with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Um, all right. The I'm going to I'm going to skip ahead to Friday. Yeah, we've only got uh, what? Five, five games, six games today. Yeah, yeah four rained out. Yeah, yeah, we got a, we got, got a yeah, gas slate. Bunch of washouts. We've, Mets Marlins postponed. Reds Phillies postponed. Yankees Orioles postponed. Uh, Astros Twins also postponed. So we've got um I'm- a double header. We got Mets Marlins double header first game at one ten. Um, I mean the primo oh. series of the weeks of the weekend is clear cut, right? Yeah, A's Rays. A's taking on the only undefeated team left in baseball. I said, I Padres. said, I said clear cut, not cut. Rate. Clear, clear, They're putting Padres Braves behind fucking Apple TV. Yeah, on Friday. But that's the series, man. Padres Braves, come on. <sighs> Is that an NLCS preview, Jay? I'm confident in the Braves' end. Yeah. The Padres. Yeah, I guess we'll figure it out. But the the Padres Braves being behind Apple TV, where it's like all this hype. These are the two marquee teams. I mean, no disrespect to the Dodgers, but that's the series that I think a lot of people want to see: Padres Braves. And it's like, nope, Apple TV. 
What, dude? Nationally televised. Huh? Bro, get on the streaming fucking wave, man. Everyone has Apple TV. What are you, broke? I, I think I have. I don't know. I've watched it on oh, Apple TV bitch. last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, last year it was free. I think you got to pay this year. But, like, guys, don't be broke. Come on. I, Apple TV I'm tired of this. Not- I, I'm tired of this poo-poo Apple TV. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. This is nationally. Everyone has Apple TV. I don't have Apple TV. Most people don't I, have I, Apple I, TV, but. If you have an Apple product in your life, there's a good chance that you had the Apple TV free for a year. Like, you prop- you have Apple TV. I just don't know why we're putting baseball games on, like, if we're trying to grow the game and get in front of people, why are we making it more difficult to watch look, the game? Look, 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 look. You can't Dallas, keep asking Dallas, that tap question. Tap the sign. Tap the sign. <laughs> tap the sign. Money. Thank you. You can't keep asking that question. You know the answer. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the basically the uh, solution to uh, blackouts? Like with this Apple TV kind of stuff? Well, when you, yes, but you, (laughs) you don't want to be told how you have to find, you don't want to be given the solution. I know that sounds crazy, but you don't want to be told that this is how you have to do it. Like you wanted to, you don't want to be told that you got to cut the cord here and sign up here if you want to get what you want. You want to to be able to like happen upon that idea yourself. You wanted to be able to freely choose how you were going to watch this game. You didn't want to be told that this is how you have to watch this game and this is now how you have to going to consume all of this in the future. People are like, but I've been doing this for so long and well, we get it, but things are changing now. And now you have to change too. Well, I don't fucking want. Okay, well then don't. And then don't watch this baseball game. And that's as much as we like it, as much as we don't like it. This is the facts. Well, I'm riding with Apple TV. I think the camera quality is pristine. I think it blows Amazon Prime out of the water. You heard it here first, guys. Apple TV is where it's at. Pay it because you're going to want to watch the Braves. Remember, I think... think, uh, with the streaming services and the streaming companies as well, they're going to figure out how to produce these events in a way that separates them from other entities, kind of like Joey's already talking about. And the viewing experience is going to be different than watching it on a regional sports network or a big time national sport. Like it's just, at least I would think that's what's supposed to happen. And as somebody who has called uh, Apple TV games, Facebook games, digital fucking Oculus games. Like I, I've called a baseball game in every fashion you could call a game. in, And those are just alternatives to the traditional viewing experience. But what's happening is the traditional viewing experience is under attack. It's oh, under yeah, attack. Bro, just, just put them all on YouTube, bro, for free. Fuck it. We're going to go viral, guys. <laughs> So you put, them on the viral that, put them on the BDE channel. I will fucking stream any game you want. Email me. I'll do it for free. <laughs> you got to go to baseball. Doesn't exist. See, YouTube this, channel is, this is to watch the Braves this weekend. That'd be amazing. This is what they're competing against. <laughs> but just go back to the series. I mean, we got Strider going tonight. Strider mm-hmm. versus Bra- Blake Snell. 
tonight to open it up in Atlanta. First home game of the season. The Braves are hot without a lot of pitching in the starting rotation. A lot of injuries, a lot of guys getting beat up, but we're treading water. Best team other than the Rays. And that, I mean, that's the pitch, pitching matchup to watch. I think probably this weekend is Strider versus Snell. And that's the only one I've really looked at, but that's a pretty good start. Pretty, pretty good. good start. Mm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, the Sunday matchup is not exactly sexy. Oh, come on, man. Dylan Dodd, you must have not seen his debut. You must not be paying attention. Because this is the thing. It's like you see Dylan Dodd. All right. We never heard of this fucking guy who is this nobody pitching for the Braves. You must not know history. The Braves have a rookie pitcher who just somehow has like a 2-5 ERA every single year. <laughs> every year for the past five years. And, and we've seen a lot of these pitchers have kind of, you know, right now they might be injured. Mike Soroka has two torn Achilles. Uh, Ian Anderson is in AAA, you know, getting shelled. Uh, hope he comes back soon. Yasker Yanoa is missing. But that <laughs> rookie year what? What? is electric. So I think Dylan Dodd or Schuster, one of these guys probably wins the rookie of the year. It Can might we be revisit both. the Huasker Inoa missing thing? Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> well, he, you know, he was amazing that first uh, season. <laughs> And he was pitching lights out. He had like two grand slams or something crazy. At least one grand slam. Another home run. Yeah, yeah, punched the wall. Well, he got hurt, and then he broke his hand, and then he's kind of like you said, gone away. I thought you, you were literally like, well, I'm, not, I'm not sure where this guy is. <laughs> well, he, he, we know where he is. He's coming back from Tommy John. He'll be back. I have faith, but for the moment, he's kind of out of the picture. Hmm. But you know, thoughts out to Yaskar. I mean, I'm so riding with you, man. There's really no marquee no- pitching matchup this weekend. Or at least Saturday, Sunday. That's all right. You like offense, don't you? That's what yeah. we're here for, baby. Avaldi Strowman on Friday. I could get into that. I could get into that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm looking Rich forward to watching Hunter Green. Lucas Gilito. Yeah, I mean, Jose Urquidy, Sonny Gray. Ooh, Jack Flaherty versus Brandon Woodruff on Friday. Okay. Friday's oh, here's your matchup. Here's your matchup. Here's your matchup. versus Patrick Carnival. No, your matchup is Hunter Green versus Zach Wheeler. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's your matchup. Tomorrow night, that's your matchup. Hunter Green, Zach Wheeler. 3 p.m. game. 3 p.m. game. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's the makeup. What did they get rained out? They got rained out today, right? Yeah. So that's uh that's the makeup from today. On a green Zach yeah. Wheeler. Yeah, and then uh, Friday's got all the juice. Yeah, fr- well, Friday's got the juice. No, hey, Saturday, Saturday's got juice. Why? Because you got fucking Mount Fuji, baby. Fujinami Shintaro for the yeah, green so and gold Friday's squaring off against Jeffrey Springs of the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays, who's been throwing the piss out of the baseball. Yeah. That's your matchup. You want to go a couple lesties on Saturday? Give me the lesties. Got nasty Nestor and Swerve and Cole Irvin. No thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could have that. It's there if you'd like it. You can have that. Well, I mean, I, I as as a left hander, as a southpaw, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that in. Yeah. 
What I want to know is because uh, I'm getting, I'm kind of interested in the Red Sox right now, man. That, that is a, that is a team I'm watching, and I want to know from the Red Sox faithful on the pod, like what is your confidence Ooh. level going into the series against the Tigers, a team you think you might sh- be able to beat? Do you think Tigers? That the Tigers are not a good ball club, but like the Red no. Sox pitching staff isn't either. The, the, the yeah. counter here, the the silver lining is that it's it's not a it's not a homer friendly ballpark, and that's been the problem. Is that the starters keep giving up bombs? So if they do it in Detroit, then we got problems. Yeah, I mean, we it's it's the lights. I mean, I had Jay help me out with the research with the lights in Fenway because <laughs> I pulled up the picture of the before and after the lights. It's fucking insane, dude. Like we talked about this well, yesterday. I, I didn't I, see I, it. I a, it's insane. I, but what time of night, Joey, are these pictures taken? I need to know no. the time of night. I need timestamps on each photo. I need to know I tell you. what time of year these pictures were taken as well. Because if you're snapping the one on the left, uh, like first night game in April, uh, could be a little darker as opposed to you. a night game in August. You know what I mean? This picture Maybe that it's on my stuff. Twitter. If you're listening to this, go to my Twitter. The the first picture, the old lights is like the... um. It's in October. So it's the first inning of October. The second picture is this week at like 945. So it should be exactly the same. Pitch black. Sun is down. No, see, one one is after... Because one's after the winter solstice and the other one is not... We're not at the summer solstice yet. So there's (laughs) there's a difference. The sun is down, man. The sun is down. But the sun sun stays up and goes down at different times and stays longer. We understand that, right? But both times... You ever notice how it's just dark at five? In the winter Dude, and a- then like in the summer, it's not. You ever notice that, Joey? 8 p.m. in October, the sun is down. 944. 8 p.m. In, in August, that shade down. It ain't 8 p.m. in August. It's 944 in April. The sun is down both times. I'm thinking probably the same fucking amount of darkness. Now, you I could argue, know. hey, no. two different broadcasts, one ESPN. And Joe, you're not fa- if Aurora Borealis is firing up north, too. You got to think about re- reflection. There's refraction that you're yeah. not factoring in here. I mean, you're right. I should have. I mean, in hindsight, I should have probably talked to Jake beforehand, got the moons, you know, yep. that might have made yeah. a difference. Yeah. But if we're talking I mean, waxy Cressy, there's a whole, that's a different ballgame. I think we're maybe cutting hairs here and the lights are crazy, bro. And Jay, hey, help me look this up this morning. The, the Red Sox are blow. The games in Fenway right now, it's like 12 runs a game. They're blowing everyone out of the water. Be on so look everybody, everybody can Be see the ball too well. Is it, are the pitchers being blinded by the lights and they're just, <laughs> is that what's happening? I don't know. That could be it too. There's a lot of questions. I mean, this is like a, a very, this is a budding question for the baseball community at large. Everyone's focused on the rules. We need to start looking into the lights because Wrigley and Dodger Stadium both got the same upgrade this year. So we're going to know if the lights are making a difference by the end of the year. And I, I, I have a feeling they might make a big difference. It, are we, are we already seeing the early returns on the luminance in Boston right now? Well, I guess they're not returns for Boston. <laughs> no, dude. It's not, it hasn't worked out well for the fans, so. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fans are like, well, we like this team so much better when we couldn't see them play. Now, now, that, we're, now that we can see them play, I don't, know how, I don't know how into this baseball team we are. Because I did see, Jared, and I hate to bring this up. Um, mm-hmm. Lowest home attendance numbers in over a decade. It was like two decades. Yeah, they were two like decades. the lowest number since like 2002, maybe. 
See, Joey, the minute the minute that they started shining a light on this situation, <laughs> fans are like, fuck, you know what happened? The, the, Fenway has been a nightclub for the last, I don't know, 20-something years, and they finally turned the fucking lights on. They finally turned the lights on, and now people are like, oh, my, holy shit, is this? Is this what we've been doing? I am so sorry. I would have never done this if I could have seen. So not a personal. It's just the lights. Dude, it's honestly true. It's like, it's funny, but like you should look at the fucking replies of this tweet I made yesterday from Red Sox fans being like, what the fuck is this? dude? It used to be so much better. The vibe of watching the games in Fenway. It was like a green, weird little tent. Like, it was amazing. And then they fucking ruined it. <laughs> people are pissed about the lights, man. It's tough in Boston. Uh, those were Teddy's lights. They <laughs> took fucking Teddy's lights. It was you literally know? the lights. They installed them in 1982, bro. They 1982. That's where the lights were from. It took 25 minutes to turn on. <laughs> the people were, were mad like, about these lights? Yeah, dude, they're pissed. Why are people mad about these tweets? It's the vibe, man. It's just like the candlelight vibe of Fenway (laughs) has been taken away. Like the old school, going back in time. The candlelight. Now you're now you're watching like it's just like you can't even watch. It's bright, man. Yeah, I guess so, huh? That's why fans don't want to go to the games anymore. I think honestly, I I mean, I was thinking maybe they showed up. You know, Red Sox fans showed up to like the fan fest. Like, yeah, Red Sox, and they heard Jared be like, "Hey guys, what's up? You fucking sold all your players. You confronted them, and now all the fans are not hype anymore." Either that or the lights. Yeah, I guess. Damn. Well, (laughs) either that or you know, Jake. I think I think it was. uh, it was a Wednesday, one o'clock game, and it was forty degrees out. Yeah, I mean, we're playing the Pirates in early April. It's fucking freezing. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. get too worried yet. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Bu- Buckos, Buckos, come to play regardless of what the forecast it's says. A good team. It's a good team, Dallas. Regar- Brian, buddy. Brian Reynolds in over four hundred right now, oh, just babe. dropping fucking dick everywhere. Yeah. Erwer. Yeah. Been fun to watch. Yep. Been fun. To All watch. right. Uh, any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Mets fans, cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. It's not this bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Jay Hay. Uh, just really honored that we got to do the debut segment today. Thank you very much for that opportunity, Jared. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Joseph? Um, I want to just give a shout out to Anthony Rendon, um, serving his time right now, but he'll be back this weekend. And we're welcoming him back with open arms. It's amazing that the Angels have been able to do what they do, have done without him. And I'm fucking rooting for him to go off this weekend, honestly. That's yeah, something to watch for. Jake's takes. Uh, I love the lights. Can't wait for the socks to come home so I can get back out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to literally just fucking see you from across the field. <laughs> see you there. No, I will. I'll fucking see you there. <laughs> right. 
I will see you. <laughs> Bullets are incredible. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your weekend of baseball. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, see you then. We out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.